0: alone in the shotgun. He can pick up a first down at the three-yard line. Four-man rush. Bowers will scramble for it. To the five. Airborne and in. Ross Bowers gives the Huskies the early lead. He puts a man in motion, and he gives on that jet sweep. Damari Simpkins turns the corner. Touchdown, Utah. He pulls it out the mesh point. There he goes, to the goal line. Touchdown, Tyler Huntley! He's gained 25 pounds and puts them on display, giving Utah the lead. That's Nixon in motion. And this is Moss, who puts it in the paints. Zach
1: Moss with his second score of the day. Utah! You start the season two and oh, welcome on in. You post game show here on the zone sports network. I'm Austin Horton here with the human detour, Frank Dolce. We've been here all day together, actually. Yes, we have. Uh, Frank was kind enough to buy us pizza today. It was very nice of you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Scotty
2: is going to be nice enough to buy you pizza. I see. I see.
1: <laughs> just you're, you're
2: just the uh, what a great guy that, Scotty. You're that's. You're just Scott. the messenger. <laughs> just, you're welcome. Just I was waiting for that rebate check. I, I fully expect that expense to be rejected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was good pizza, and it was nice. I love to have some sort of meal, like a pizza, and watch a football game or several. Several football games or several pizzas, both. Okay, yeah, Yeah. that was that was very entertaining, and Utah turned into a kind of a ho hum affair as Michigan and Army (laughs) starting to heat up. I'm very curious. I like I like Jim Harbaugh's personality. Like you think he's super strange. (laughs) His personality very interesting. Very interesting, and I I don't know that. Could spell even pulling out that win. Does that spell doom for Harbaugh at Michigan? I don't think he's going to beat Ohio State again this well, year. Pff, no. To see what they did today, uh, their their offense. Michigan's offense looks so <laughs> just average.
1: Are we going to break down the Michigan Army game? Well, it, it was it was more, more exciting. <laughs> It, yeah, was I mean, more, it was more interesting. You did say point. in the pregame that the kicking game would be compelling, yeah. and that was true for the Army-Michigan game. Yes, it was. The poor kid's first kick. Poor nothing. Poor Get kid's off the football field. first field, first field goal with attempt.
2: A 50-ish yarder, <laughs> and he comes up sh- short and right. <laughs> oh, man. It was uh gonna lose it, they, they so poo-poo. It's, no. Is that what... Is that what Patterson said after the game about yeah.
1: army? He said that about the this country's military. In fact, oh my god,
2: an attack on I, liberty itself. I am not going to lie. I, I, there are teams I think should be good in college football. I mean, it just I think Michigan should be good in college. You think, you know, USC should be good in college football. Notre Dame should be. good. It's just I. That's what I. I grew up with those guys, and and so I want those guys to be good. And so, although I was feeling like, well, I. You know, Michigan should probably win this game, but but how can you how can you root against Army and completely apparently not overmatched team?
1: Yeah, in that game. Well, Army's better than a lot of people remember them being growing up, as as you say, but they shouldn't be. Taking Michigan at home to overtime, I don't think. No, but that's anyway, we're here to break yes. down the other game. Unfortunately, so what? Uh, what do you mean, unfortunately? That a very super weird. Well, look, I don't know if I can even say a slow start to the day for the Utes, more so than a weird start to the day for the Utah defense. As uh, Ross Bowers and the NIU Huskies were getting everything they wanted in the air in that first mm-hmm. half. Eventually, uh, there were some adjustments made at halftime. We'll talk to you about what those may have been. Attrition uh, reared its ugly head as Utah's depth is what it is, and NIU had guys falling left and right, and Utah ran away with the thing. Do want to talk about Tyler Huntley and, and his offensive game today, where we think he took steps forward, where he stayed the same. Uh, but certainly, let's start with Zach Moss, who only had 18 carries, only had 80 yards, and still, it felt like it was his game. I
2: I thought NIU did a a very nice job of focusing on stopping Utah's rushing attack. That's I think you know that's the that's what they do. They they, they held uh, their opponent Illinois State to fifty one yards a week ago, and with Zach Moss, they just that was going to be their game plan. They had to do whatever they could to stop the run game, and I thought they did a, a good job. I mean Zach those were those were 80 tough yards. He had a couple of really nice breakout kind of runs, but mostly it was it was literally 2 or 3 yards in a cloud of dust for Zach Moss. So, credit NIU for taking away doing what they could to take away that part of the game. Utah still ends up with 193 yards on the ground total. So that's significant. Coupled with the 214 yards through the air uh, I I, I, th- I still feel like uh, you, you know that that's uh, that this is a, an offense and and uh, an offensive game plan that's going to be built around number two and he's still going to be you know the, may, people may look at this and say oh 18 carries 80 yards and you know that that the, the, that's not going to determine how Utah calls their offense the rest of the year. It's still going to be a foundation in Zach Moss, which it should be.
1: I'd bet a third of those 80 came after contact. As
2: you said, it was a tough 80.
1: hundred percent of (laughs) those 80. It felt like there were two
2: two runs where he broke through the line of scrimmage without (laughs) contact and and nice big big games. But you're right. He was just dominant,
1: and he, he didn't get the yardage that a dominant player would usually get because, as you said, NIU was doing a good job of getting to him. He just is so big and so strong, you're not going to stop him on the first or second try. There were two plays in
2: particular. One, as he's going into the end zone, where he just destroyed a safety. Destroyed him. And walked into the end zone. And then, in the second half, coming around the left side, the defensive end, number 10, the defensive end tries to stand him up, and he just put his helmet in the chest of the of this massive defensive player and it was like zach moss kept going forward and the, the other guy went backwards like the, three or four yards the, the yeah. power that he you know in and, in and, and the aggressiveness he he runs with is it's a it's really something to watch
1: the uh, the the bread the ball was spread around quite a bit on the uh, receiving core for Utah today. Top receiver was Jalen Dixon with four catches, twenty two or 46 yards total. The 214 yards through the air, though, spread around with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 different guys catching the football. Tyler Huntley, 14 of 19, 214, 11.3 average, and a throwing touchdown to go with one rushing touchdown as well. How would you grade Tyler Huntley's performance today? I thought he was good. I thought he was good. He had lots of time to throw the ball. He
2: didn't. He he didn't let the pressure affect him. He stepped up in the pocket a few times. Uh, he he was effective outside of the pocket. He threw the ball downfield pretty well. There were there were a couple throws that that we thought mm, well, you know not great, but but a couple throws out of all of his attempts. That's that's not bad. Terrific percentage. Completion percentage again, and he's getting that. That's the more the productivity I think Utah will need through the through the air. Two hundred plus yards through the air will be will make for a much more effective offensive attack. So yeah, I thought I thought uh, I thought Tyler Huntley took a nice
1: step forward today. A nice step forward. Uh, did he take the biggest of steps forward though? Well, it did wasn't. He, did he make you feel like okay, this is. As Woodenham said, coming together will happen. This is starting to happen. It's, I think you would say you're starting to happen. It wasn't a dominant performance
2: by Utah offensively by by any stretch, and maybe it's because we 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 have higher expectations of this team about where they you know what we think they are and and even. Considering things like national rankings, and maybe we just expect too much of this team. And the truth is, they 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 won this game handily after kind of a slow start. They really made it, a, you know, just kind of a tune-up game after after a, an initial lap. So I, I don't know. Maybe our expectations are too high, but it it didn't feel like didn't necessarily feel like a dominant effort. I don't know what exactly we want. Maybe we want, you know, to see an Alabama type of you beat somebody fifty seven to
1: three and then do you do you walk away from that feeling better? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think NIU showed to be better than a lot of people, myself included, expected them to be, but not clear not nearly as good as they were last season against the Us today. Yeah. Uh, Ross Bowers is a fine quarterback and he got some good uh, throws and good passes in in that first half, Utah is the better team and eventually wore them down and, and did dominate them, even though they did not cover that spread, Frank. And does that – and Scott on Twitter asked this question as well. Does, do you think that stuff matters to a team like Utah's hopes of getting into the college football playoff? Oh, that's an interesting question uh, about covering the spread. I don't know if covering
2: the spread, you know, style points kind of things matter matter quite as much but i guess you could go back and and maybe maybe some somebody looks at that and says well utah only beat niu by this and but you know washington beat eastern washington by this Mm -hmm. you know amount maybe that influences somebody in some way i think the most important thing especially for the pac-12 is to is to come out with wins A, a, a demerit on the on a Pac-12 schedule keeps them out of the playoff. I think if you're an SEC team, if if you're Big Ten team, if you're any other Power Five conference, and you have a you have a you have a negative mark on your on your win loss column, I don't think you're as affected as the Pac-12. I just think that's I think there's a perception, and maybe you know maybe there's some reality in the perception that that the Pac-12 doesn't quite live up to the
1: expectation. So wins are the most important things in this conference. I agree. And I, I do understand Scott's question about the spread. I think it matters. The final score does matter and how much you win by I think does catch a lot of people's attention on that committee that don't watch the game. I think that a 53-17 a, a to 17 win looks better than a 35-17 win to someone who didn't watch how the game went down. hmm I don't think they look back and see, okay, what was the spread? Did they cover that specific spread? Right. Yeah. But that's for those that aren't watching the game. Sure. Those that did watch this game understand that Utah dominated in the second half. Yeah. And yeah. ran away from this. And it team. got boring. I mean, it got real quick. <laughs> and, that's, and that's fine. I don't know. To
2: be honest, that's what Utah wanted in this game. You don't want to make it boring. You want to dominate the game to the point where there's not really a question about, and the defense really took over in the second half, and and uh, I, you know, I thought, like I said, I thought the offense wasn't dominant, but. But it wasn't like you ever I, – I don't know that outside of the first few series you ever felt like the game was in question. Hmm.
1: There, there's a few built-in, if you want to call them excuses or reasons, whatever you want to – but there's a few built-in things you can point to being an earlier kickoff than usual – Being against a team that's got a quarterback who's a fifth-year senior who used to play in the Pac-12, is now with NIU. Being against a a squad that you feel you should be a lot better than, but that's always dangerous because they can jump up and get you. There's a lot of things you can point to as to why NIU was able to move the ball better in the first half than the Utes may have expected them to be able to do. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, Utah ended up doing what they should have done. Would you look at that game and say you were more
2: concerned – (laughs) <laughs> Maybe if you took it half by half, about the defensive play of Utah versus the offensive play of Utah. There was after that first scoring drive by NIU, when Utah looked like they were on their heels a little bit. I think there was a little. I think there was a thought of, hey, wait a second, wait a second. This is you know, and we we're throwing it around. Hey, this is supposed to be one of the most dominant defensive fronts in college football this year and they're kind of getting pushed around they certainly were yeah well and then that I think that after that drive
1: it kind of came back to where it should have been yeah but early on in this game uh we were saying to each other it's it was feeling uh, NIU scored on their first drive of the game If I'm not mistaken. I think it was their second. But they were the first to score. But they were the first to score, yes. Because they forced Utah to punt. That's right. It was the second possession. Uh, Because they got the kickoff. Utah forced them to punt. Then they forced Utah to punt. But then they just marched it down. And they were not moving so well in the run game Mm -mm. as they were in the passing passing game. game. And where they were getting those passes completed was kind of in that linebacker safety hybrid area of the field Mm -hmm. is the middle Mm two-thirds not necessarily on the edges a lot so it wasn't a cornerback thing I felt like it was a linebacker safety type deal in that first half where NIU was able to find that bubble in the middle yes and that is a little concerning a little bit uh and and Niu Niu did a
2: nice job of protecting the quarterback. Utah wasn't getting the type of pressure that we were were used to seeing a Utah team get on a quarterback, uh, allowing Bowers to kind of read and let plays develop downfield. And that's a difficult that's difficult because a de- as a defensive back and in a defensive backfield, the the longer a play runs, the more difficult it is to stay with a in your coverage, and the and the more space that gets created the longer the play develops. So advantage to an offensive team and to a quarterback, and Bowers did a nice job of just being able to stand in there and find his targets downfield. So and that and, and and then that got that got cleaned up. And then all of a sudden all of a sudden, Bowers didn't have the opportunity to stand in the pocket. He didn't have the luxury of time and creating space downfield. He had to hurry everything up and then his efficiency started to Drop a little bit.
1: So I wonder what the Utah fans thought about this one. 855 340 zone. Please call in and, and give us your thoughts on what your Utes did against the Huskies of NIU today. 855 340 zone. Interested to see what improvements you thought were made, where you still think that uh, is wanting for the University of Utah. The offensive line entered today with a couple key injuries. They started a guy uh, in Nick Ford at right tackle or at right guard that was uh, previously, well, he's played everywhere along that right edge and in center of the Utah fo- offensive line, but also uh, Simi Moala started at right tackle. And I thought uh, it'll be interesting to go back and do a real in-depth film look at Utah's offensive line today because I felt like there were times when the pocket wasn't as intact and clean as it should have been and there were times where Zach Moss was getting hit way before he should have been getting hit.
2: I I can't wait for the for the Hans Olsen
1: drumstick <laughs> Film study, I know. He, I know he should have a laser pointer. A pointer, but it's it's so much more fun. He should, when have, he just... he
2: should have several things. I mean, yes. there's something that that's kind of I think every unique and appealing and endearing about the way that he does the breakdown and because I, it's all wobbly. Yeah, and it's off yeah. His TV. It's off of the TV, and... there should be something that's a little more high quality and a little
1: more technology. Involved, and it should match what diet he's eating that day. If he's going, if it's a cheat day, it needs to be a, a chicken thigh or you know a drumstick <laughs> off of a chicken, a, an actual. Ch- if, if he's going not healthy, a drummers, yeah, stick. yeah, it needs to. Which he did the drummer's stick last yeah, week. I heard exactly. it.
0: I don't listen to it. I mean, I don't, I don't. He's a kid. It seemed like he was being.
1: Uh, so you didn't. So Coach Satake didn't listen to Hans Olsen's film breakdown. He's a kid, but. <laughs> if, he, if he's having a healthy day I want a celery stick or a carrot stick yeah. see what I'm saying there so right, then we yeah, know I what mood is Hans Olsen in right. and then I do want to see it getting smaller and smaller with each film slide So as if he's, he's got, she, as he's munching on it yeah. if yeah. he's got a, a beef jerky slim jim uh-huh. I want to see that yeah. getting smaller and smaller as right. the film study goes yeah. on well but, I think that would be additive to the film
2: to the film study no question about it. If, and and he, he does such a nice job. He'll tell you exactly what was happening in Utah's run. Because the, the fault in the Utah run game is not Zach Moss. The fault in the Utah run game today, when they didn't have great success, it, it's up front and people getting into the offensive backfield and people being disruptive at the line of scrimmage before Zach can even get into, into some sort of stride. And, and so I'm, I'm interested to see how Hans breaks that apart. I, I
1: wonder how he'll grade this offensive effort. Uh, certainly at that on the offensive line. I, I'm interested to see what he'll say there as well. 35-17, Utes get the win. Adrian and I were talking about this on the Saturday show during the game and, and how uh, I kind of felt like this last week in reaction to Tyler Huntley's game against BYU, uh, a lot of people, myself included, were being hypercritical and being nitpicky, and there was a Utah fan faithful that kind of embodied that leave Brittany alone gift that you see on social media a lot when it came to Tyler Huntley. Like, leave him alone. They won the game. What are you nitpicking on I him for? I saw that,
2: too. Uh, I, didn't,
1: I don't agree with it. But. No, I don't either, and I think that people miss the idea that it's actually a strong compliment for us to, in a 35-17 to 17 win, it's a compliment to what we think Utah is and what Tyler Huntley specifically is capable of to nitpick and to to find these smallish things in a big win to say this needs to be better because that means you expect more it's not that we're trying to kill the the performance and we're trying to say man they're pretenders they're they're not anything like we thought they were going to be and it's actually they won 3517 and i felt like they should have won 4217 mm-hmm. it's not quite that far off but it is off from what i expected it felt it still felt like a game Utah controlled
2: uh, for for the most part. You know, three th- probably three and a half quarters of that game. You felt like, well, Utah's can, gonna fig- figure this one. They got, they have this one in control. Tyler Huntley did some really good things today. I mean, I, I thought that his accuracy downfield threw the ball downfield well, uh, for the most part, found receivers downfield, uh, stayed in the pocket. Like I said earlier, escaped when when necessary. ran the ball effectively. There were lots of things that, that he did really well, and I liked the way that Andy Ludwig managed that passing game. It was, it was effective. And we talked about Utah, the evolution of, of Utah's offense in this game. Would it take a step forward? I think they accomplished all of that. I think, they, I think they accomplished all of that. Now they have a week, another week to go back, take a look at the film. Where do we need to take another step forward? By the way, don't discount the changes at the offensive line. That's those are that's a difficult task to, to to move people around, to have new even after a week of practice, have people new people working together because as as much as any unit or maybe even more than any unit on the field, those five guys need to work together as one unit, and so you don't just necessarily shift pieces and expect you know greatness. I thought they were good. I thought they can get better, and and we'll, we'll, I, the point I just want to make is don't discount that you know the effect of changes at the offensive line
1: on the offensive productivity. I see it's not just switching out RT for RG. There's actually different things they have to <laughs> sure. do yeah. in that position. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so it's a 35-17 Utah win they are 2 and0 on the season we'll take our first break get to your phone calls 855340 zone your reaction as uh, Tyler Huntley goes 14 of 19 for 214 and a throwing touchdown coming up on the other side I do want to talk about that touchdown that Tyler Huntley threw Frank you said you thought he was accurate downfield uh, more so today than maybe last week against BYU. There was something that happened on that touchdown throw I want to run by you We're coming up on the other side. It's the Ute Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network.
0: Two play fakes from Huntley to the end zone. He gets it! Jaylen Dixon goes airborne. And one play after that penalty gives it back to Utah. They tack on.
1: There you go that's that was the passing touchdown of the day from Tyler Huntley. Is that to an Jaylen actual thing? Dixon. A passing touchdown? The, the passing touchdown of the day. that uh, is now cuz like that it. was the only passing touchdown of the day for the University of Utah. That's what I mean. Like the, the it's like the what the hula? Oh the hulo the The Austin Horton he said passing to, touchdown to Jalen Dixon.
2: It sounded like he said General Dixon. General Jalen Dixon. But do you know do you know just online East High School Turn played, to the General
1: and save some time?
2: <laughs> East High School played Unipero Cerro High School huh? in from Who, California. Pass a, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and the quarterback you know what the quarterback from Unipero is? Well they call it Jay Serra. You know what his name is? General Booty. That's he's, his given name. His he's the son of the former
1: NFL quarterback John David Booty. He's old enough to have a son in high school now. <laughs>
2: yes. Good grief! And he named him General. That's that, I always that's thought pretty, that John cool. David was a little
1: off. <laughs> and then he named his son General Booty. I don't hate that. I I, I wouldn't I have either. the guts to call my to name my kid General, but anyone that does is pretty cool. Maybe Colonel, Sergeant Colonel Lieutenant. <laughs> right. Now, but then you're name ranking is, your kids. There's a kid out of Arizona <laughs> whose
2: name is Chubba Purdy.
1: Chubba Purdy? Huh.
2: Yeah. That's is that, that Chuba Purdy? I'm, is that a nickname?
1: But there there it is, the, the one passing touchdown yeah. of the day for Tyler Huntley. Right. And the thing I wanted to run by you there okay. was uh, you had brought up that you were impressed by or happy with the accuracy of Tyler Huntley today. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it wasn't a perfect day. But on that pass, uh, initially live watching, I went, oh, that's a nice pass. And then as Dixon came down with the ball, I thought, wait a second. Dixon appeared to be coming back towards the front of the end zone. The ball went high and long. He had to jump and get it. It was not a perfect pass. It resulted in a touchdown. But I wondered, is that one of those Tyler Huntley accuracy problems <laughs> that in Pac-12 play is not a touchdown pass? It could be, could be a problem. I actually thought... That pass was a reasonable pass. Like okay.
2: he put it in a position where, because J- Jalen Dixon had position on the cornerback, his body was in front of the quarterback, and then he he kind of put it up in the air and let let Jalen go and go and get the ball. I actually thought that was reasonable. You know, put it where your your receiver. There was an earl- there was a pass earlier in the game that I that I c- could be completely wrong that I thought was an awful pass that resulted in. A reception for Utah, like a completely underthrown, misthrown pass that that resulted in a good adjustment by the by the receiver. And Keithy, yeah, the, the, yeah, and he came back and, and and made a play on the sideline, but but out you know he's not going to be perfect. Outside of that, outside of that throw, I thought he was pretty darn good, and his numbers will his numbers will bear the fourteen of nineteen. That's really good. And the, the numbers bear that out. If Utah can be that way, as, as the competition level increases, if they can be this 14 of 19, 17 of 25-ish kind of completion percentage, and the yardage will be in that 200, 250-yard range, that's going to be really difficult to beat, assuming that Utah is also running the ball effectively. That's a really difficult... That's really difficult offense, offensive productivity to overcome if you're a, if you're an opponent.
1: I I, ju- I just thought, and yeah, he's not going to be perfect. I just I just wondered on some of those throws mm-hmm. that resulted in good plays and positive yardage and a touchdown. I wondered against tougher competition what that might look S- like. Somebody might, yeah. And that is nitpicking, but so I mean, that's where I hold him to against. Well, yeah, because
2: you're gonna you're gonna go up against a Washington and Washington defense defensive backfield in Washington they put a lot of those guys in the NFL and that and and somebody's going to turn around and make a play on that ball it's not going to be caught it could be knocked down it could be intercepted so you the margin for error as you continue as a comp- competition gets better the margin for error gets smaller and smaller mm. and that's I think what you're talking about is yeah. accuracy matters even in in these types of matchups
1: 855340 uh, zone 855340 zone. What are your thoughts as your youths get the 35-17 win? Frank Dolce is here taking your phone calls. Also put this out on Twitter at Austin Horton, at the Human Detour. Uh, the old-fashioned give it a grade thing? Yes, but I, I put it right. in the scale form where you know the percentages. Uh, so like an A+ is a hundred percent. An A is 95 to 99, A minus 94 to 90, and so on and so forth. Okay. So let me just get this clear. Yes. You're asking me for a percentage. I'm asking you for a grade based on those percentages, yes. Because A, B, C, D, E. Yeah. What, well, E? F. F. <laughs> this this particular grade scale has an E instead of an F because they decided that... Did you not know about this? I... They decided the F... The fail? ...was too harsh. Mm-hmm. For America's youth, I and so it's no longer an F; it's an E. Come on, we're just creating for enough.
2: We're just not, creating. I don't know what it stands soft. for. Soft. I mean, it's just <laughs> why do they just put an S in the A B C D S for soft? <laughs> it's just ridiculous where this this whole thing is going. A B C D L for love. Did Utah get the win? But NIU got a trophy today for the for participating in the game. Well,
1: that's the America I believe in, Frank then you and I are going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> and you will win. <laughs> uh, but uh, a lot of people are, are, uh, are answering that with uh, Adam says B, maybe B-. minus. He says if Utah is to prove they're the Pac-12's best, hope at a national title they have to win these games more convincingly, letting NIU hang around like that isn't going to do it. I agree with some of that. I don't agree about the national title thing because I don't consider that a reality. I just don't. I, I honestly am a crazy person who can see the college football playoff committee leaving a twelve and one Utah out of the college right. football playoff. Yes, absolutely. I could see that as well. Or 11-1, not eleven and one. 11 and one. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm really yeah, crazy a, a, if it's twelve. Absolutely. Well,
1: you know. But
2: to that get, other part, get to the championship game, and then you get out.
1: Letting NIU hang around like that isn't going to do it. So he gave him a B, maybe B B minus. Not killing them, but also expecting more out of the Utes.
3: Well, I,
2: I think we can expect more out of Utah and I, I don't know that I would go maybe a B plus for for Utah's overall performance. Nothing above that though? It felt out of the fur outside of the first series that the first scoring series for NIU and then they you know, they came back and they tied it up and, and I, I thought that it felt like, in fact, I said to you at one point, Utah was up by, what, 10, maybe two two touchdowns, 10 points or something. And I said, it doesn't feel like there's a chance that
1: Northern Illinois is going to come back in this one. We were, at, we were going into halftime when you said that, actually. Yeah. And uh, they it was, what, 17 to, God, what was the halftime score? I don't remember. But you did say, this feels like it's... It's only, i think it was a four-point game. Wasn't it was it? seventeen twenty-one. Yes, that's what it was—a four-point game. And you said this—it feels like it's bigger than a four-point deficit yeah. right now. And then Utah came out
2: first drive of the third quarter like they did a week ago, and I believe they went down and scored on that drive. And and at that point, it was like, oh, well, you know, and and Utah shut NIU out for the next two quarters, third and fourth quarter. So it, it just—I I mean, B B minus is pretty. I think that's pretty harsh. On the performance today, I do believe that Utah is going to have to improve to go through a Pac-12 schedule. But I thought they made a a positive step today, and they came out of the game clean again. Right? No turnovers today, but they created turnovers. They probably should have two or three turnovers today on the defensive side. Yeah, they dropped Um, a few. No, and and very you know, talking about a clean game, very few penalties. For, for Utah today, one penalty, only one, and that was in the that was in the second half. I think one. I can only remember. I'm one. looking at it. Oh, you got it. There. One penalty for ten yards. Okay. Yeah. So, there are lots of, lots of positives to take out of this football game. If I were going to be nitpicky about anything, I would say let's let's take a look at that offensive line and the changes that were made and how that affected the
1: the play of the offense. 855-340-ZONE is the phone line to get in here on the Ute Post Game Show. We've got a caller on line one. Brian, I apologize. I don't see a name there for for our caller. Mitch, you're on with Frank Dolce. Hi. Thanks for calling in. Mitch, you there? Let's see. Do we have that phone line up and on over here on the board there, Brian? Is that up and on? Slid up and on? There we go. Hi, Mitch. We hear you now. There it is. Do you hear me? Yes, Okay, sir. good. Well, overall,
4: I was pretty happy with the game. I'd have to say i probably gave them a B+. Plus. Uh, after it was tied up 14-14, it, got, it was a little tense feeling for me at least. And uh, they came out after half and uh, showed that they could put them away, so they kind of had some resiliency. But uh, I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion on that uh, targeting call. Uh, I've never been a fan of the targeting call, And I think that there's not much that defender could have done different. He was trying to go lower. He knocked the ball out with his helmet. I don't think that there was malicious intent. And uh, I just, I think
1: targeting as a whole is kind of ruining football, just my old-fashioned opinion, but uh, I'll hang up and uh, let you guys comment on that. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate the call. 855 340 on That's how it's done. Frank, we both had a reaction to that play. and We did. It was similar to what Mitch was sharing That there. was
2: not Mitch Wishnowski, by the way, because he did not have an Australian accent.
1: Well, it may have been. He's in disguise. He doesn't want people <laughs> to be listening to this yeah. station.
2: Mitch Wishnowski
1: made a nice tackle the other night. That was fun to watch on a yeah. I thought that that was pretty eye-opening for yeah. a lot of people who didn't know that a punter from Utah named Mitch Wisnowski could do that. Well, he was actually a rugby player who kicks. That's, but, uh, that's, how that's he, what I'm I saying. Is, that's how he did it. We all weren't surprised by it. <laughs> no, not the at all. The world reacted like, a kicker? Yeah.
2: A kicker? Yeah, so did his teammates. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Mitch. Uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with a, a B-plus grade. I think that's probably reasonable. Like, maybe you could have been more dominant. I don't know. You got the win. It was a pretty convincing win. But you did, didn't do everything great, and Zach Moss I thought Zach Moss was great, but he didn't get he, he's a guy that needs help. All running backs need a little help from front. Maybe up front they weren't quite what they needed to be. and credit NIU as well. Targeting. The targeting call. as, as per the definition these days of targeting, Yeah, That was forcible contact to the head and neck area. I'm not sure that Thompson was defenseless, so there's there's a question about that. But the rule is so strict, and, and it's such a point for all of the officiating crews that, by definition, I think you have to call that targeting. I thought that was more of a targeting penalty than the targeting penalty that was called and that occurred in the Michigan Army game. Okay. when When the... Michigan ball carrier was f- spun up into the air and the army defender was just kind of collapsing on the play and could not avoid contact to the head or neck area. I mean the, and it was made with his shoulder. The ball carrier was spinning in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about incidental contact and they ejected him. I thought mm-hmm. that was crazy so i i don't know i i like the i like the i like the idea of yeah absolutely protecting football players especially defenseless football players in the head and neck area yes but the the targeting penalty the targeting rule just seems like it's so inconsistent
1: And actually, you know what, Frank, I'll disagree with that last bit because I think earlier you were right in saying it is so consistent because the definition of targeting leaves no loopholes for it to not be targeting. Hmm. By definition, (laughs) you hit someone in the head, you're targeting by their definition that they've chosen, and there's no other choice for the referee but to eject somebody, Uh, and it's not right. It needs to be changed because there's a difference between never allowing football to be played and protecting a football player. There's a big difference, and right now it's not being—they're not allowed to play football because if you this and this, uh, I assume Mitch is a Utah fan who called in, mm-hmm. and this was in Utah's favor because they fumbled the ball. Well, the targeting negates the fumble that led to the touchdown. I believe Tyler Huntley ran it in. After that, or maybe that was the throw. To, to either way, they scored a touchdown on that drive when it should have been a turnover, but targeting saved them, and it was Brian Thompson who lowered his head into the defender. So yes, that was it's it's bad. It's good to protect players. It's bad when protecting players ruins the game and that ruined that part of the game for me anyway alters the game yeah we'll get to some sound here in just a minute let's continue the phone calls 855-340-ZONE we've got Justin and Joe waiting but Cam is up first Cam thanks for calling in go ahead
5: hey
4: guys enjoy your
1: show thank you thank you
4: hey I was at the game today just real quick um I won't complain about the heat, even though I felt like I was in a sauna along with everyone else. But uh, my question to you is, I am concerned about our secondary. I know it's only the second game, but they have been heralded as uh, an elite group in the Pac-12 and possibly in the nation. And For them to get beaten twice that badly, one for a touchdown, that is troublesome. I know it's one game. What do you guys
1: think on that? Thanks for the call. Thank you, Joe. Or Cam. I'm sorry. Cam. Joe is waiting still. So thank you, Cam. Thank you, Cam. We addressed the secondary uh, a little bit uh, earlier today with each other, but you give up 235-something yards in the air. You have two dropped interceptions. You do have one interception. Not the best day for the Utah secondary. Not the worst either. It felt there were times when it felt a little soft,
2: especially early in the football game. I think they got that cleaned up and tightened tightened up a little bit, and a lot of things go into that. You know, Utah's Utah's defensive line wasn't getting pressure initially. Bowers had time to throw, and like we talked about, the longer you have to hold on to receiver, the more difficult it gets. So there's there's something about that. And you know, you you mentioned that you thought the that there was this uh, kind of weak area with the linebackers between the linebackers and the safeties the soft spot in that defense that that might have been an issue as well but as far as athleticism now you're breaking in you're still breaking in a new safety Julian Blackman and i think he's going to be very good and and athletic i don't know that we looked at the necessarily looked at the corners and thought well they've been beaten badly tonight I think more it was more a case of we'd have to take a look at the film and see if the you know one is the pressure affecting the quarterback or not two are the linebackers getting into passing lanes and being disruptive in the pass game or are they leaving uh, a a space and and then are the safeties reacting and getting to the ball when they you know fulfilling their responsibility in the defensive secondary so it's 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 rarely. I mean, rarely do you look at a, th- a thing and say, "Well, this this guy is terrible." You, you have to look at all the phases of how you defend the pass, and uh, and so as Utah was able to get more pressure on the quarterback, and and maybe passing lanes were being filled up a little bit better by by linebackers, and then the defensive backfield all of a sudden looks a lot better. So yeah, I, I still feel confident that this is a. This is a very good Pac 12 level defensive secondary. Although we've seen in a couple weeks that area of the field be a little suspect in the past. Vontae
0: Davis, who's the backup, was the one who gave up the long touchdown as well.
1: While Blackman was out with injury. Yeah. He was banged up for a moment. Yes. Uh, certainly. And I think this may have been a case of a fifth year senior quarterback who's got confidence, who has experience. And that offensive line giving him an extra beat to find a weak spot in the defense uh, that otherwise other teams may not find and may not be able to beat. I'd like to see the film yeah. from the bird's eye view atop the tower because the broadcast film leaves you wanting at times to see exactly what happened. Sometimes. To say the least, <laughs> it didn't. It occasionally, didn't even follow the play. Yeah, there there was a few times where we we saw the snap and. <laughs> then that area of the field for eight <laughs> seconds, and then a commercial. So hey, you know you get what you get. Why do they always describe? Would you just say? Would you say that Bowers
2: had moxie? Moxie. You said, you said a fifth year experience. I mean, you said. Would you say he had moxie?
1: Why? Do I they, would say he looks like an Osmond in his headshots at the capture? So that's a why handsome do they fella.
2: Describe quarterbacks who who have some
1: affinity to play the game they say he has moxie moxie sounds like a dog's name to me not not an attribute but uh, <laughs> i don't like to use words i don't know what they exactly mean i know it's a good thing to have moxie well if you see a quarterback who's here moxie who's yeah performing at a high level then just get the say, paper say, moxie say that he has
2: moxie
1: <laughs> he didn't fi- have a lot of moxie after bradley and i creamed him right in the back that's right and i got him <laughs> <laughs> eight five five three four zone joe has been patient hi joe Joe, Uh, there you
6: are. Hey. Hey. Uh, I didn't have a chance to uh, watch the game, but I did listen. And uh, all the preseason, I was concerned about the ability of our receivers to create separation uh, because I wasn't hearing uh, glowing remarks about them. Uh, Did you fellas have a chance to watch closely enough to see if they were getting good separation on the defense today?
1: a good question thank you joe frank yeah i think i
2: i thought that another area where utah took a step forward on the offensive side it when when tyler huntley threw the ball downfield he was rarely was he throwing into coverage i can only think of a few times when when there was when there was tight coverage i saw lots of times on a Post corner or something, a quick something in the seam or even the flat that that Tyler delivered the ball and the receiver had space. There was definite space between the receiver and the defensive back or whoever was defending the receiver. So yeah, I thought I thought that was a I thought that was a a positive step forward for Utah today.
1: I would agree. I I, know, I didn't come away from this thinking like the the wide receivers left me. With anything to really point to and say, well, that's got to change. <laughs> right. They d- they also didn't leave me going, well, this is solved. Wait, you know, wait, so. didn't? Okay, so I'll let me ask you about that because I I came out out
2: of that feeling like, and I I don't know. Did did uh, let me just take a look really quickly? Did did Nakua have a catch today? No, he did not. Yeah, I don't I
1: don't think that's yeah. Did so, Nakua play in this game today? I don't know. I don't remember because seeing him.
2: Because he's he's kind of the, I like, to me, he's a foundational type of
1: receiver. He was, he was in the game. He was blocking. Doing a lot of blocking. So here's what I Which, thought. Which, when you think of Samson Nakua, you think, good blocking receiver. <laughs> here's what? what? I, here's what I thought. Here, not not necessarily like they
2: emerged, but Damari Simpkins has a couple catches Derek Vickers has a couple productive catches. Jalen Dixon has four catches. Brian Thompson has a couple catches. So although maybe there wasn't this emergence of the receiving group from Utah, I think we saw a bunch of guys competently
1: playing that position, catching catching the ball. I would agree. But we've seen that for several years now, haven't we? Haven't we seen oh, a collection of I, Utah I receivers know. without one guy to point to save Darren Carrington? Well, I think that's a I think that's a different standard. Okay. So if
2: you're talking about does Utah have enough in the receiving group to be productive, to maybe not dominant, be be productive on the offensive side. Um I think y- you have to say yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they have is there a Darren Carrington on this team? If there is,
1: he he hasn't raised his hand quite yet. And to be fair, how many teams have a Darren Carrington? Was or a Nikhil so, Harry? Or Was yeah. that
2: guy, Darren Carrington, was he so fun to watch? I still can't believe that he didn't really. I mean, his speed was kind of an issue, but didn't he always find himself open? Always, yep. Always, he was a luxury for sure. Oh man, it was fun to watch him, and he had it hasn't enormous it hasn't got hands. A, like, and I don't think he's in the NFL at all. Which no, is no, he was with Dallas. He was with, floated around a little bit. Did he? Did he end up in Canada or something? I don't know. That guy he, he's, should be playing somewhere. He was. He was a lot of fun to watch. Eight five five. I believe
1: he started out this season with the Toronto Argonauts in the CFL. Uh, a lot of good. Uh, talent in the CFL, just not quite able to hang on in the NFL. Let
2: me ask you a question: When I'll when, allow it? When Brian said Toronto Argonauts, did you think is that CFL or NHL?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I know the NHL. Are Frank you Dolce. sure? I, I'm sure because it's Canada. And I then like you, hockey. and then you think
2: NHL.
1: And then you thought, wait, yeah, I had to think of the logo. Could that's not a leaf? Canada? An Argonaut's not a leaf, is it? No, it's an astronaut. Is it an astronaut? Is it, what is an argonaut? An argonaut Is that from the movie Argo? It's like Or is it not Argo? I don't know. What's an Argo Not? An argonaut is It's not an Argo. No. It's that's right. It's no. an Argo, not. I think it's like you a
2: went Canadian this path, by the knight. A you Canadian ready for this one? knight. Yeah, it's an Does argonaut. Does it come with
1: a, a horse? A small
2: floating octopus. Well, that's stupid. Shush.
1: <laughs> In Toronto, Shush.
2: would someone hit us up on Twitter and tell Tor- us what an argonaut Toronto's is? Toronto's
1: known for its small, small. floating octopi. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that cannot be true.
1: All right, before we take a break, and on the other side, you'll hear from Kyle Woodenham and Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley. But Justin has been very patient. Eight five five three four ozone. Hi, Justin.
3: Hey guys. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. So I wasn't able to watch the game, but I listened to it. Um, I'd probably give him a B. Uh, that first quarter sounded a little bit ugly. Um, and my question was more about uh, Andy, Lug- Andy Ludwig. I don't know if uh, you've already talked about that, but um, maybe what you thought about his run versus pass ratio. Um, I know that first three and out with uh, three straight runs, you know, maybe me want to bang my head on the wall, but it sounds like he, uh, he kind of opened it up. Got a little more diverse with the play calling. And, uh, yeah, I was just wondering what you guys thought about Andy Ludwig in uh, Game 2.
1: Thanks for the call, Justin. Appreciate it. Your reaction, Frank. Andy Ludwig's Game 2, specifically his run-to-pass ratio. Good. Run-to-pass ratio, I like it. I mean, I, I'm
2: with, with Zach Moss in the backfield, I'm rarely going to say you should be throwing the ball. There may be situations, you know, situational football. When you have to throw the ball more regularly. We just see the
1: guy's arm going forward and the ball leaving. But what goes <laughs> into situational throwing? It huh? goes into
2: passing a throw game. So so 37 carries, 37 rushes, 19 passes. I think that's the right mix. On that first series of downs, Andy Ludwig and the Utah offense are trying to make a statement. Hey, we're going to dominate the line of scrimmage. And and credit to Northern Illinois, they said, well, you know we're gonna we're here to stop the run so, and they did, they did a pretty they did a pretty good job, but but uh, I I think there's a steady influence with Andy Ludwig and the way that he calls the games and I think that that's a, that's comforting comforting for a football team like okay it's at some point they're going to realize and it's going to happen pretty quickly they're going to realize okay this is the game situation we we know what's going to happen we know what is going through the mind of our offensive coordinator let's all we're all on the same page and this is how we succeed and and i'm not i'm not sure utah offensively has had that comfort the the idea of being on the same page with the offensive coordinator understanding what the offensive coordinator is trying to accomplish so i i i yeah, I, I think that Andy Ludwig called a nice game, very conservative a week ago, opened it up, took a step forward, especially in the passing game this week. And, you know, he'll he'll do the same thing. He'll go through the film and he'll determine whether or not he should have run in this particular situation or, or what. But in terms of the offensive productivity,
1: the evolution of the offense, I thought it was fine. I certainly understand a fan who uh, wants to see an air, a more aired out offense being frustrated with three straight runs. I get that. I get what Justin's saying there. Uh, I do, though, think that, and by the way, it was a 66-34, 66% run, 34% pass today. There were seven guys that caught passes, nine guys who ran the ball for Utah today. Zach Moss only had 49% of the carries on the day for the University of Utah but that's because there were eight other guys that actually had a rushing attempt. (laughs) This was a run-heavy game, and I think that with a guy like Zach Moss, and if you have the offensive line experience like you think you have, that's what it should be probably going forward. And if you're winning games, I think you'll be all right with it. Yeah,
2: that's right. Well, and Zach Moss got replaced in the fourth quarter. That makes a
1: difference. You
2: probably would have had five or six five or six more carries. And in what that did, fourth quarter, Wilmore, we carries. looked at
1: each other and said, one of these backups might get 100 yards. It was it all was <laughs> like seven at a time. Yeah. So.
2: Wilmore, Wilmore started looking good, and Utah was t- starting to take control of the line of scrimmage. So. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's interesting. I, I mean, the, there's some talent in that offensive backfield. You said it. And and for Wilmore to jump up to second behind Zach Moss, when you have Devin Brunfield and, and Devontae Henry-Cole on the roster as well. That's that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, TJ Green also. Yeah. You've got Moss and then you've got this guy that you just mentioned in Wilmore who shocked the world in camp and became the backup. And then still you have Devonta Henry Cole, TJ Green, Devin Brumfield. It's not a bad problem to have. Nope. Unless you're one of those backups and you want to play more. <laughs> right? Eight five five three four zero zone We'll take a break. Coming up on the other side, more of your reaction, including the sound from Kyle Whittingham, Zach Moss, and Tyler Huntley here on the Ute Post Game Show. Welcome back. You post-game show here on the Zone Sports Network. Austin Horton, Frank Dolce here. Utes win at 35-17. Start the season 2-0. and They've got the hated rival next week, Frank. You thought starting the season with two rivalry games was something. How about three in a row Is Kyle Whittingham's own Idaho State Bengals well, are coming to town? let me just tell you. The difficulty
2: of managing three rivalry games in a row. I mean, I'm talking like the mental challenge that presents to a football team. So Utah is going to have to be tuned up. Coach of the year so far
1: is Kyle yeah. William. Yeah. Is what yes, you the third believe.
2: rivalry game is coming next week.
1: You start the season with three rivalry games, then you criticize somebody. That's what I have to say to you. Kidding-ish. But there is Kyle William Ties to Idaho State. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll hear about that at the press conference on Monday several times over. Yeah, These beat writers, they got to have something to write about. So,
2: Pocatello is a lovely town as well. Said no one who even lived in Pocatello. I, so. I visited there just recently, and I thought it was a lovely town. I had breakfast at a fantastic place called Elmer's, hometown cooking.
1: Right near campus. They also make the glue there, so you get your food and the glue in the same go around. I'm, it's pretty psst, c- I'm actually certain that's not true. <laughs> well, save save your science. Don't look it up, just believe me. Save your science. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be part of the show, 855-340-ZONE would love to get your reaction to this one. Let's hear now from Coach Kyle Woodingham. Then we'll take a break, and Patrick Kinahan, who was up watching that game, covering it for us, he'll join us after the break. But here's Kyle Woodingham's thoughts as his team wins
6: 35-17. Okay. Uh, took us a little longer to get control of the game than we would like, but we eventually got control there in the second half. First half was kind of back and forth. Uh, didn't play very well on defense in the first half. Gave up that 88-yard drive and a, a big ball uh, in the cover two scheme. that was a touchdown. Um, And just didn't play. Didn't play our best football defensively in the first half. Offensively, however, we did. We played very well from start to finish. I thought Tyler was outstanding. Uh, Did a great job throwing the football. He was accurate. Uh, We didn't turn the ball over for the second week in a row. Zero zero turnovers. Um, Special teams was much improved. Um, Better. We punted the ball well. Didn't really have any... Uh, kicks that tested us, place kicks made all our field, our extra points. But, but just overall, it was clean game, special teams wise, it was dis- disappointing. We had the one hold on Covey's return. That was about a 50-yard penalty. When all is said and done, but, but it's a good win for us. Uh, certainly, played a lot better than we did last year. Um, it was great to get home in front of our crowd. Although we'd like to see that thing filled up, we got a top 15 team. And we get some empty seats that we got to get filled up. So we're hoping that uh, next week we get a, uh, a full house. But I appreciate the guys that were there today, the fans. And they did a great job supporting us. And they were loud. So it was, uh, it was a good home field advantage for us. The muscle was great as well. But uh, you know, we move on. Got our last of the non-conference games next week. Idaho State coming to town. And that will be where all our focus and concentration is. And, and uh, it appears that we came out of this game relatively healthy. We got some, some guys a little bit banged up. But I don't think anything serious. And uh, so we move forward. Questions?
3: Well, it's two weeks in a row that Tyler hasn't been sacked, and his obviously his grasp of the offense is, is very going well right now. How would you kind of grade where he is as a quarterback? I think
6: Tyler's playing outstanding, and you mentioned he's not been sacked in two weeks. That's that's a credit to him uh, for his you know his his presence in the pocket. He does a good job getting out of trouble, but he hasn't been in much trouble. I mean, there's, the offensive line has done a nice job protecting him, and uh, you know he's made great decisions. And the offensive line, pass pro wise, like you said, is very good. Now we had we allowed some run throughs on some run blitzes. There was too many guys in the backfield this afternoon. We got to pick up those run throughs. But uh, other than that, for an offensive line that you know three new starters and haven't played together very much, I think they're doing a nice job. There'll be bigger tests on the horizon, no doubt about that just 59 total yards in the second half, I believe. What was the biggest adjustment uh, defense? No real adjustments, just playing better. You know, we just uh, made more plays in the back end, had the one nice interception by Julian, just played tighter coverage, did a better job getting to the quarterback, uh, more gap sound against the run. I think they're only 60 or 70 yards rushing, which is where we like to be. You know, if we can turn a team one dimensional, then we, we got them. And so if we force them to throw, then that really plays into our our, our favor, our hands.
5: What did NIU do well, uh, especially in the trenches that kind of stopped you from being able to run
6: the ball as effectively? As well, they had a lot of linebacker run-throughs, like I said, run, run blitzes. You know, designed run blitz where you run through gaps and and not necessarily. You know, there's two ways to blitz. You blitz for pass rush or you blitz for for run defense. And and their run blitzes they they were very good at. And we did a, a poor job picking them up. You got to keep your head and eyes up and be ready to come off those combinations and pick up the backers that are coming through. But uh, they had a good scheme. They, I thought their first couple drives, well, first drive were three and a half. But the second drive, they put together a really nice drive, and, and we couldn't stop them. Uh, but after that, we started to get control. And, and uh, like I said, in the second half, it was, it was all Utah. How did
0: Orlando
6: play, and did you have to do some juggling on the offensive line today? No, Orlando did not play. Uh, Johnny Maya did not play. Uh, Lucky Fotu did not play. So we had some guys that uh, we need to get them completely healthy.
0: The challenge wasn't on the offensive line to have a couple of starters
6: out there. Yeah, well, like I said, when you got you know three new ones anyways and then to lose those guys, Orlando being one of your your uh, your stalwarts, uh, that was a good job. It was a good showing by those guys. I think we rushed for nearly 200 yards again. So, so uh, it was uh, they had a lot of production out of that front
3: sacks for Bradley and I today. but He's on. How much of a game changer? Yeah, he's a force.
6: Bradley and I is a force off the edge. Uh, He's got a a great uh, motor. He's got a great get off. You know, he had a chop rip sack there. It was outstanding. I mean, he's a he's one of the best pass rushers in the Pac-12, maybe the best, and one of the top in the nation. So we're we're, uh, we're glad he's on our side.
3: How has he improved over?
6: But he's just refined his game. He was a little bit of a loose cannon when he, when he first got here as far as assignments and a little bit undisciplined. But he's really started to play within the framework of the defense, not take quite as many chances. You don't want to say don't take any chances because, because uh, that's not his game. But he takes his risks are more calculated risks now. And he does a better job of making good decisions and not uh, losing contain or, or losing the gap, those type of things.
5: Now that you've had a game before noon, do you still kind of feel like that that's a good strategy moving forward?
6: Well, I, I like it. I don't know about the strategy of it, but I love. You know, if they let us play every week at 11, we'd take it. I don't know. Maybe that was why there was some empty seats because they were to kick. I don't know. But, but I know we like it from a player and coaching standpoint. Was there a more of a conscious effort to make the offense a little more balanced than run heavy? Well, yeah, but it, it also, like we talked about prior, you got to you know whatever the defense is, is given, you know that, a lot of what you do offensively would be dictated by how they're playing you and so this week it was more uh, you know it was very few drop eight situations and, and you know it was just a different scheme and so uh, that lent itself to you know throwing the ball a little bit more and and uh, we got good production i think we we're you know just over 400 yards and right around 200 rushing 200 throwing which is good not great good you know we can get better the
5: hollandel trio one more for coach the hollandel trio also take charge
6: i like that <laughs>
5: They all scored rushing touchdowns in that first half. What does that mean to have those three guys? Just, I mean, the center of that offense. Yeah, those
6: three guys are, are terrific. Um, they've been just great teammates and team players since they got here from day one. Um, they're they're disciplined. They're talented. They work hard. I mean, I can't say enough good things about those guys. They're all graduating this December. I mean, it's it's uh, you know they've done everything we hoped they would and more since they've been here.
1: There you go, Kyle Woodenham's thoughts as his Utes are victorious 35-17. He did talk about the uh, key guys that didn't play uh, along the offensive line. Lucky Fotu, who he says, uh, was held out as well. I wonder if any or all of those injuries would have been hard or bad enough to keep them out of a more important game or a more evenly matched game. We'll never know, only they will know, only the coaching and medical staff up their nose. You make it
2: sound so mysterious, only they will know. By the way, Clemson well, just went up, is about to go up 17-3.
1: Well, I don't know what idiot said A&M had a shot to beat them today other than me. So, was it PK? No, it was me. Oh. Was it Hans? No, it was... Was it Tony? Always. Tony. Dang it! Why did Michigan have to win? Stupid Michigan! All right, uh, coming up on the other side, we'll, we, we will catch up with Patrick P.K. Kinahan. All He's right. got he was up there covered that game. He's got his column up at twelve eighty thezonecom We'll ask him about his thoughts as the Yutes start the season two and zero here on the Zone Sports Network.
0: second
1: score of the day. Utes get it. 35-17 over the Northern Illinois Huskies. Start the season 2-0. and They were 13th in the country coming into today's game. We'll have to see how the rest of the weekend plays out to see if Utah finds themselves climbing in the polls. But one team that might be falling in the polls could help out on that is the Michigan Wolfereens. Why? They got to win today. What do you mean? Why would they fall? They yeah, An army is better than your grandfather's army. Well, maybe not your grandfather's army, but your father's army, certainly. Uh, but it's still an unranked team on the road in the big 10 michigan. having to force them into overtime michigan should have lost that game today i yeah. feel like michigan should have but of course they didn't so maybe they shouldn't have i mean but and if michigan were more american they would have let army win that game oh my god it's just uh. That's That's not, I'm with, yeah, I'm a, I don't believe that at so all. Patriotic. I don't believe that for one minute. <laughs> all right. Uh, He's a heck of a model American. So the Utes win thirty-five seventeen, 17 And uh, up at 1280thezone.com is PK's latest column reacting to that one, talking about Utah waking up in time to beat the Huskies. And PK joins us now on the Zone I'm phone.
4: here a little bit. Hopefully you guys can hear me.
1: Sorry, say it again. Yeah, we can hear you.
4: Oh, right, I'm driving home and scratching a little bit. Maybe it's just Frank's voice, you know. When he spends for like four hours cheering, his voice gets a little hoarse.
1: He got a little rowdy up here in the Zone Lounge today. That's not, nothing about that <laughs> is true. But it As was a it, complete fallacy. It was more when the pizza was delivered than anything <laughs> about the game. I cheered the huh? pizza, the sausage pizza delivery, absolutely. The chest bump wasn't invited, but it happened anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> If you're not ready for the chest bump when pizza arrives, then that's <laughs> not on me. PK, we in the pregame wondered if this was going to be anything at all of an interesting game, and Northern Illinois made it that way early. Utah eventually took over. Do you feel like they dominated enough in the second half to forget about NIU pushing them in the first half? Did we lose PK? Looks like we lost PK. He wasn't ready for the chest bump, so you got to be ready. Got to be ready for that. How did he hang up while he was talking to us? It's a mirror. It's it's very talented. You got to be multi talented, multitasker to be able to do that. We'll get PK back here and get his thoughts uh, on this Utah win. You'll also hear later from Tyler Huntley. Yes, they they want him to do post game interviews still. And uh, Zach Moss will will be on the show as well. By the way, program alert coming up at four o'clock. We'll have the BYU pregame show with Hans Solson and Will Snowden. Utah State takes over on the AM side at 4.30. But, PK, what we were asking you before we lost you there was, do you feel Utah yeah. dominated enough in the second half to forget about how NIU pushed them early on?
4: I think that's an excellent question, and my answer is no. I mean, obviously they dominated in the second half completely and totally, uh, the quarterback had, what, uh, 202 yards at halftime, and I think he'll finish with 229 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Only 27 yards in the second half. But I'm totally okay with that because, in, in a sense, I want Utah to get pushed around a little bit to have to respond because clearly they're not going to breeze through 10 conference games, if you count the conference final, without ever being tested. So you got to see how they react. So I would think that you know, they provided – The coaches enough coachable moments here coming forward this next week in practice to get their players' attentions because it was a far from perfect game. It was a dominant second half. But that's exactly what I would want from a coaching perspective is to win the game comfortably, which they did, but yet still know there's plenty of things to work on and plenty of room to improve. And you need to keep your edge. Now, obviously, next week they don't need it against Idaho State. But once those nine conference games come in two weeks, 13 days against SC, you know, you're not going to need to be very good. So I thought it was an excellent scenario for the Utes. A little sluggish, uh, allowed some plays in the past game, 202 yards in the first half is too many, then come out in the second half and then totally dominate.
2: Tyler Huntley was much more likely to drop back to throw against BYU, but then run the ball a week ago. This week he seemed a little more comfortable in the pocket, took some shots downfield, and again, very high percentage passing game for for Tyler. Did you see improvement or enough improvement to give you some thought that he's going to be where he needs to be when Pac-12 play arrives?
4: Yeah, absolutely, man. He's a senior quarterback who has three years of experience. Maybe not. They don't add up. To 36 games because of the injuries but he was still even when he wasn't when he was hurt he was still recognized as the starting quarterback and he wasn't all shooting hoops somewhere he's in the team meetings and doing everything so he was recognized as the starting quarterback and with that in mind he's now a senior and I would expect guys with this type of experience in the program he played a little bit as a freshman too to be much better and I think that's exactly what he is and Andy Ludwig told us, he told me anyway, I remember talking to him in the south end zone after one of the practices. It may have been the spring game, the final, I guess the, I don't know if the spring game was the final practice. But anyway, it was when I was talking to him after one of the scrimmages, I believe the spring game, and he said, well, you're not going to see Tyler run as much. He only had three carries today. You're going We're gonna line up to the plays where it's going to dictate him to hand off the ball, and he's going to do exactly what we need him to do. Last year, last couple of years, that was always consternation. Why is he running the ball more than Zach Moss? Mm-hmm. Zach Moss is a bona fide NFL running back. Get him the ball. Get Tyler to improve on his passing and his decision making. And I, I, what is he like? He's twenty-five. He's twenty-seven of thirty-five through two games, and I count at least three drops come to mind. Maybe more, but certainly three. So. In the past game, he's essentially been almost flawless. So if he continues, and I get that the competition is going to be better, no question about that, and he's going to have to lead the team at some point and come from behind. You know, I guess you could say they did this week, but not really. I mean, come from behind in the second half. But right now, I'm thoroughly pleased with the way he's playing and the decisions that he's making, and he seems to be settled. He's not running around with uh, wondering what to do, and and just making crazy plays or trying to make plays that aren't there. I think you got to grade him out as an A so far for two games.
1: You wrote about this in your postgame recap at 1280thezone.com, uh, but the, the the factor of a fifth-year transfer quarterback uh, in uh, Chase – or not Chase Garbers, but uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Bowers. Uh, the Garbers. Guy that, Garbers, Garbers is who beat him out oh, of Cal, right? Cal, yes. And, and yeah. so now he's Bowers. how much that may have played into – Utah's uh, inability to stop the throw game in the first little while of this uh, of this contest from NIU, and is that a peek yeah. into what they might have to deal with as they go through the Pac-12 with experienced quarterbacks?
4: Yeah, I mean, you look at Mike Leach; he can take an inexperienced quarterback and get him 300 yards in his sleep, it seems. So you look at this, this kid for NI, uh, NIU; he's got some experience, you know, grad transfer. With, it's funny because I, I've come to the conclusion that all starting quarterbacks from here on out, for the rest of time, will either be a three-year starter, <laughs> right. or they'll be a grad transfer. Yep. It's yeah. like there's no in between. Uh, yeah. You know, what <laughs> I mean? you're starting early, or you're gone. Hmm.
2: Yeah, that may that may be true. I, I look at the performance of Zach Moss, and again, e- even though so he he averages four point four yards per carry. He had a couple nice big big gainers 80 yards on 18 carries it still felt like a dominant performance to me from Zach Moss because he is so difficult to bring down and he did he he, he was punishing in his rushing attempts today I don't think he got the same help from up front that he did no. a week ago I was just gonna say, is that did you have that feeling being up there as well
4: yeah, well, they held out two, star, or, uh, two rotation right. guys out of, of the offensive line, one big-time starter, probably their best offensive lineman. So, and, I, and I think they probably did that knowing uh, we can rest some guys. The fact is, you know, Kyle's not going to say that publicly, but they knew they were going to win. So if you have any injury whatsoever, sit out probably next week, too, against Idaho State. So, yeah, i I, I got to give uh, Northern Illinois a little credit for – trying to play physical. And Zach said it too, afterward, you know, in basketball, we call them a mid-major. That's not really a term in football. But I think that you get a lower division one. And what happens is you go up against a high major, which Utah is. And then so what do you got? You got these guys that are much, much bigger. The size advantage is enormous, right? And so with that in mind, um, it was hard for them to stay with it because they were just giving away so much size across the board. But Zach did what he does. He ran hard and he's gonna get you positive yards most times. Uh and I also think that, you know, they you gotta look at it. You can't fool players. I mean, I, they're not the intensity that they had, particularly in the first half not the intensity that they're going to have when they get in the Coliseum. It's not the intensity that they're going to have three weeks from now when Washington State comes in. So I've got no problem with what uh, what the Utes did in that way. It wasn't a perfect game, but I don't want them to play a perfect game against a team like this.
1: Uh, real quick before we let you go, do you have any concern at all that in two games played, Utah has two defensive backs who have dropped two for sure interceptions in both games?
4: Well, they're defensive backs, Austin. If they had great hands, they'd be on the offensive end,
1: wouldn't they? Oh yeah, well, good point. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what they do. PK, <laughs>
2: you made the point that I always make. What do you do yeah. with receivers who can't catch?
1: You turn move them, them
2: to DB. <laughs> make them defensive backs. <laughs> That's exactly
1: right. Yes. Obviously, it's not. Yeah. They, it didn't hurt them in either of these two first games. I could see that being a problem, though, later on in a close one, where you have an interception uh, possibly, fall through your spot. hands.
4: If you're not turning the ball over and Utah has zero turnovers, Mm -hmm. then you're looking pretty good in that way.
1: Yeah, not bad at all. Well, PK, thanks for your time. And uh, we'll, again, direct people, 1280 com. Check it out. Utah wakes up in time to bury NIU from the grave digger himself, Patrick Kinahan. Thanks, PK. All right. All right. See you guys. Have a good weekend. PK, catch him 6 a.m. on the Zone Sports Network to 10 a.m. every morning with DJ and PK.
2: I have a chance to to talk with those guys every Monday morning. Okay. DJ and PK and uh I PK and have this nice connection because I call M- him wow. I call no him one P- has ever said that about I call PK. Him PK by from way. the South Bay because when I was growing up in the South Bay and I attending J- El Camino Junior College then PK was was actually covering that area and covering El Camino and so and then he moved up here when I moved up here. I think there's something in that, I'm not exactly sure, but okay,
1: yeah. You Fridays s-
2: are way better. <laughs> no, but P- PK is cha- PK is is a lot of fun because he's he's challenging. Like he he asks a question that really makes you think about making a reasonable answer. Ah, he's unlike he's the guys
1: you talk to on Friday, and you don't. Oh, now he's certainly challenging. <laughs> And you don't challenging to to listen to on that one. You don't know you
2: don't know which PK I mean PK can I, I don't know. He's he's always treated me very, very
1: well. I appreciate. He doesn't he want people to know this, but he's actually a really good guy.
2: I think he is too. Yeah. But there are times on the, when you listen to him on air, and and you think I'm not. I don't
1: want to <laughs> get into it with. PK. No, he'll bury you. You're right. He's the gravedigger. Yeah. I didn't just make that up. That's. Yes. Uh, you're also Paisanos. You're both from Italian heritage. So yes, there's something that,
2: absolutely. You know. And he's a great golfer, and I'm a great golfer. So, we have that in common as well. If
1: you do say so yourself, yes. my heavens. Let me get out of the way before your head explodes. The room here He's might well-spoken. be nice if you and I had time to golf. Frank well-spoken. Tiger
2: Dolce here. I don't know. He's like writes like you know Grantland Rice, and I also <laughs> write that way. Okay. Huh. So well, I I'd love, I love to probably, see a sample. I probably I think I could
1: take him on a ten speed bike though. If we race. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. All right. Check it out. 1280thezone.com for PK's column on that one. Coming up next, we'll get back into the locker room here from Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss here on the Ute Post Game Show. Producing for us you know, today, you look as is Adrian Lizer, the, the both of them, it's a two-man booth. It takes two producers to handle two hosts. You know,
2: I notice when, when we're in a break, you're you are difficult and challenging, and your spirit seems low. Okay. And then Utah man starts playing, and you perk right. I mean, you perk up.
1: I love that song, you man. Perk right up. It's a really good song. Man, it's a—it's not a bad fight song at That's all. That's the power of music. The only thing I would say about it is, it's not—it's a fight song by definition, but it's not like a fight song. If you had to put an arrow, it's a little too on peppy.
2: The vert. Okay, so which which phrase in that song would you put an arrow and say this phrase needs to change to become more of a fight song?
1: I honestly don't know that I know a lot of the words to that song.
2: I, I am a Utah Mancer and I live across
1: a... the green, something yes. like that. Yeah. Our fans—they are the jolliest that you have ever seen. It's not the best lyrics, what? truthfully. And they did steal the music from an old Scottish
2: square Wait, dance song. Yeah, name a song that isn't stolen from an old Scottish. Name a fight song that isn't stolen bam, from a. Bam, 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 I think bam. John Philip Sousa was an old <laughs> Scottish no <Irish>. fight song. <laughs> the Trojans' fight song is actually no. Irish. Notre Dame, yes. <laughs> How does that one go? Fight on. Nope, that's Michigan. Who's goes like this? That's
1: what I just sang. This is Notre Dame.
5: And that leprechaun's
1: doing push-ups right now. Yes. Should we hear from some Utah players here? Frank Dolce? I, We've got him. Should we let him speak? Why not? I, I'd kind of like to do more fight songs. but Okay. But let's, well, let's You'll be from thinking, thinking of more players. fight songs for our podcast later the Fight Song Podcast, the Fight Pod. <laughs> First rule of Fight Pod you don't talk about Fight don't Pod. Don't talk about Fight Pod. Uh, joining the show exclusively with the rest of the media here is Zach Moss, Tyler Huntley, uh, Julian Blackman, and uh, Bradley and I.
5: Bradley, what changed for the defense in the second half? <laughs>
6: Uh, we were more, uh, we came out with a more pissed off attitude. You know, they came out, they scored on us on our first um, home game here at our own stadium, and uh, we were ticked off to do something, you know, to come out and play harder as a defense.
5: Julian, you get your second pick of the year. I mean, obviously that, that, that offense was doing some good things, but how do you, how do you feel that, like that helped in that second half?
7: Um, you know, it was just one thing to help the offense get another touchdown because, you know, right after I got that interception, the offense went, went ahead and did what they're supposed to do, which is score. Uh, and that's what you know, That's what our plan is on defense is just, you know, get the ball back to the offense. So that was just
8: a play where I could help them out a little bit.
5: Tyler, how would you describe the way that you're playing right
8: now? Uh, I'm doing everything that the offense asked of me to do, uh, just doing my job.
3: Tyler, in preseason, fall camp, you told us that you've never been asked to do as much under center or in the huddle as you are in this offense how does that help you know your adaptability and adjustment in this offense to run it having coach Ludd kind of challenge you to change things up at the line of scrimmage that sort of thing uh
8: yeah he asks a lot of me so <clears throat> that, that that puts more pressure on me just coming out and being ready to execute every play like he said uh, I don't got a chill play in the offense every every time we come to the line I'm ready to to get us into a better play for the offense to execute, and um, I take good pride in that, and putting us in the best best position.
5: Zach, what was what was so difficult about this this defense that that kind of made it a little harder to kind of get some of those short yards? Uh,
8: they fall off of blocks pretty good. Um, they uh, swarm to the ball really good. They're, they're undersized defense, so they move really quickly um, to get around our guys a little bit.
0: That, can you talk about how helpful was it to get the throw game going like it was today? Did that really open things up
8: for the run? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you could pass the ball, the run game is going to be there. They're going to be able to um, back out guys and get some life back off the field. So I mean, that's the goal every week. I mean, for the run game to help the pass game and the pass game to help the run game. So um, we keep continuing to do that. I mean, our offense would be pretty good
5: what happened in that first half? It seemed like there, there wasn't a lot of pursuit of the quarterback and, and just kind of maybe, honest, you know, weren't Simon sound or whatever. What, what were you doing?
6: Yeah, the their, their offense uh, got the ball off really quick, uh, one one and a half, two second on average. Um, quarterback would release, uh, quick releases. Uh, we just needed to get our hands up as a defensive line. Uh, we weren't doing that. Um, so at halftime, we needed to fix those things like that.
8: Either last year, they, I think they sacked you seven times. You didn't get sacked at all today didn't have your center um, just talk about the offensive line uh, my O line is playing great and then coach Harden is a great coach he he, he, he during preparation during the week he he put, put them in positions that you know what I'm saying is' positions that they you don't see out all at a daily basis and, um, and yeah he just when it comes game time it's easy for them.
4: In fact, the Hallandale guys all ran for a touchdown. Did that ever happen in high
3: school
8: game? I mean, we've all scored in one game before. So I mean, I don't think we all ran before. But I mean, it was really cool to see everybody get in the end zone, um, being the first game back inside of our cycles.
3: Julian, two weeks in, how would you summarize kind of the overall state of this team? You're 2-0, but I would assume there's plenty of stuff that you guys want to work on.
7: Yeah, like you said, there's, there's still some things that we got to work on, but you know, right now we're looking really good. The offense is looking really good. You know, that's the other reason why we were in the game at halftime, and then you know, we started making our adjustments and we, we got going. They didn't score in the second half, and then the offense just kept rolling. So I think right now we're in a good spot. There's always stuff that we can improve on, so uh, you know, we're just excited for next week.
3: As a defensive, a for the as a defensive back, what is it? How, how does it help you playing behind a defensive line that puts so much pressure on a
7: quarterback? Makes everything easier because when, when they get to the quarterback in a second, it's hard for him to just kind of be comfortable, so he's always just kind of trying to get the ball out, which is the reason why I got my pick. And Josh Nurse with his great defense, you know, our defensive line is the reason why I get. Well, why, reason why we all get our picks, honestly. So just having them back there is is nice to have.
6: Julian, was there another reason why they didn't give up any big chunk plays in the second half versus the first half?
7: The game plan, um, you know, they, they came out and were doing little things better than us in the first half. And then in the second half, we adjusted, like I had said. And uh, we were ready for everything that they had. And we shut everything down. So, yeah.
5: Tyler, you seem more comfortable in the pocket. You're stepping up a little bit better and, and being able to see the, the players. I mean, how do you feel your game has progressed maybe from last year in this type of offense?
8: Um, <clears throat> I just I just feel like I mature more and just taking pride of taking every play at a time you know just like I said, putting our, our team, our offense in a great position every play. There you go. Tyler Huntley, Zach
1: Moss, Bradley and I, and Julian Blackman. Feeling good after the Utes go 2-0 and to start the season 35-17. Looking good. Feeling good, looking good? Yep. How's that saying, uh look that cliche go? Look good, play go? good. Look good, feel good, play good? Is that how it is? I don't is? think feel good is in there. Oh, it is. It. just like look good, but that's, play good. But that's the most important part is how you feel. feel- you can't you can't look good, feel bad, and play good.
2: No, it's just you don't feelings don't matter. Oh. Keep your feelings out of this. Okay,
1: look good, play good. All right, good. all right. Yeah, feelings are for uh, baseball players, not football players. Is that what you're saying to me? <laughs> yeah. Well, you said it. There's a lot. There's a lot more time to have feelings in a, in a baseball game than a football game. There is a lot more time in a
2: baseball game. Too much time in a baseball game.
1: They ought to shorten that thing to six innings. (laughs) And six months, not nine. I'm fine (laughs) with that. All right. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the Ute postgame show, get you prepared for BYU taking on Tennessee at Neyland Stadium as Hans Olsen uh, comes your way at the top of the hour with the BYU pregame show. More of your phone calls next, though. In the meantime, 855-340-ZONE. Thank you. You're going to go to break without saying, and by the way, San Diego
2: State 10, <laughs> UCLA 7, and then shake your head like this.
1: Okay, let me try it. San Diego State 10, UCLA 7. That's good. For those of you listening <sighs> that's on the radio, re- that's you can really good. see shaking his head. <laughs> that is the same San Diego State that only scored six points <laughs> Jay- against Weber State J- last Jay week. Jay Hill has that defense rolling. Well, Weaver State, better hope UCLA doesn't hear about Jay Hill, because they might be needing a new oh, guy pretty dang you, soon. Like, you know, you at halftime. Right. Now. Replace him now. Oh, so. well. The Pac-12, so poo-poo so far this season. We'll talk about it next here on The Zone. and trolls here on the Zone Sports well, I, Network. I'm never going to
2: do – if you make a point, then I'm going to as graciously as possible disagree with your point. Because <laughs> if I don't, then it, there's no end to the lengths you will go uh-huh. to completely
1: obliterate your op- opponent, I guess, in I this don't want to obliterate the opponent. I just want them to admit they were wrong, that's all. And, yeah, no one will waste more time on pettier things than Austin Horton. That is a merit badge I'm proud to be the inventor of. Yes. Well, did, did I have an update for you? Uh, San Diego
2: State is still beating UCLA 10-7 to 7 at halftime. <sighs> Shaking my head. That – come on, Chip <laughs> Kelly. I thought UCLA was going to hire Chip Kelly
1: and things were going to turn around. Well, Phil Knight doesn't care about UCLA football, Frank Dolce. Hence Chip Kelly was really good at Oregon, awful at the 49ers. I mean just embarrassingly bad. And now that, at UCLA. Do you think that's the difference? It has to be. It has to be. When you're able to pay each kid 100 grand a month, that that that's helps not, you out a lot. That's
2: not true. Prove that would it's, it's not true. In NCAA violation. Oh yeah,
1: and they care so much about that unless you play at okay. BYU. Let me <laughs> Let me. F- you didn't sign your name with a capital letter. Nine games. Let f- that, kiss the ring. And
2: they and that. By the way, that may not have been stiff enough in terms of the penalty.
1: <laughs> As you rub your drum and feather tattoo for good luck. Uh, uh, listen to me. Listen okay, to fine, me. Fine,
2: fine. Talk. If Phil Knight. <laughs> if Phil Knight said, "Hey, Oregon State Beavers." here's hundreds of millions of dollars Uh uh-huh does oregon state suddenly become a powerhouse
1: nationally in football Uh, i think everyone starts to look a lot more competent and better than they actually are first thing we change our colors Change our color you don't scheme: like
2: orange and black. It's not Halloween every day of the year. <laughs> well, the, their, hey, but their the, team is scary. The bah, truth bah, is, bah, bah. A, I am a big fan of Oregon State. I wish they would. I wish they would be good. But you're making, you're saying that that the the money behind it is the significant factor. There, you can't tell me that UCLA doesn't have the resources. Well, I can tell you they don't have the boosters. Because there's like eleven people at this USC game. has the resources I know because Lori Laughlin paid hundreds <laughs> of thousands of dollars for her children to attend, and some of that's being
1: you know siphoned off to the football program. You think so? I, I, I thought the I thought the whole problem there was that that money. She was I, a rower. I, I was gonna say I thought that whole problem was that the the crew coach suddenly had a new Malibu mansion that he couldn't afford otherwise. <laughs>
2: USC has resources galore. If your f- logic follows, don't start pointing arrows at me. I, th- I think the arrows mm-hmm. and stop are coming. Signs and, yeah. <laughs> no, but, th- but six sided but, stop signs. But then at that. then USC shouldn't shouldn't lose a game. I mean they they should be Alabama West. At one point they were. Yeah, they should be. And when they hire Urban Meyer next year, maybe they they will, will be again. Yeah, they no not maybe, not maybe Frank. They if, will be. If USC hires Urban Meyer, they will win a national
1: title in his first two years. I could I could put some skittles on that yes. if I had them to yeah. do so. Maybe I need to call Aunt Lori see if she'll throw me a few skittles. But you know you know that Urban Meyer is going to be the head coach at USC football. Now everyone we have on the shows from national, they're like, I don't know. He says he's done coaching. Okay. (laughs) He said
2: that at Florida.
1: He also said a headache kept him from coaching when 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 it was really his players were
0: killing people.
1: (laughs) When when Urban Meyer left Ohio State, the
2: first thing I said, and maybe even the first thing I sent out as a tweet was, hey, USC, here's your next coach. And USC would be crazy if they didn't do everything they could to acquire urban meyer i mean if football is that important to usc and who knows is it is it really
1: (laughs) right now it doesn't appear to be yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh the utes win at 35 17 over northern illinois they are 2-0 on the season frank uh thinks that utah man is the greatest fight song to ever fight song and uh i think it's adequate it's a fine fight song
2: that's not completely fair i think it's a very good fight song oh, okay I what's think it's the best then? entertaining fight song Whose is better I think that you have to well, is Rise I'm, and shout better no, no oh, whoa nope okay Mm-mm. all right no way there's not it's not even close okay not even close is uh, you, you, the Scotsman better you, you
1: have to go to the to amongst the, the sagebrush and cow patties or whatever it is. <laughs> yes you have to go to the tra- traditional
2: close. powerhouses okay Duh... Dun, 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 dun. When that song starts playing and the Trojan marching band covers a hundred by fifty-five yards of a football field and they're playing that song you <laughs> to I mean? nobody in the stands, that is that's spectacular. <laughs> that's great. That's spectacular. When Michigan comes running out onto the field and their fight song is playing, and then and then the the drum major goes out to midfield. And he does his, you know, didn't miss a field when I mean, he does his yoga back and he touches the <laughs> top of his hat to the ground. I mean, that now that's that's spectacular. Okay. Florida State has a great fight song. Florida State has a what, great how does this go? fight song. Well, now you put me on the spot and I can't Well, think you of can't it. just make things up. Adrian, could you find it? Could you find the Florida State the Seminoles fight song? the Seminoles song? It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's good. And uh when uh, is it Chief Osceola that run, that rides what out there on the horse? Him? Chief Osceola. That's his name, isn't it? I don't know the way you say it sounds a little derogatory. Chief Osceola? I don't know what is wrong with that, but uh he ri- he rides out there yes. on the horse with the with the staff on fire. That is really cool. I don't mind that at all. Now, it it may not be a fight song, but I like how Virginia Tech enters every one of their games with Enter Sandman. Yeah, that's not really a fight song, but it is something that... They all jump up and down. <laughs> really like the Battle of <laughs> really the Orcs the in the going. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, that's what that reminds me of, anyway. <laughs> Hey, you set the We're stretch almost. to four, and we stretched well,
2: we so could, hard we tore our, tore our hamstrings. We could so. still be going. By the way, uh, uh, a sound—you uh, know—a convincing win by Utah today. It was a, it was a, it was a win that you could say that the 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 game got boring at some point. That should tell you something about the way Utah controlled that football game.
1: Coming up next, thanks to Frank Dolce and Patrick Kinahan, Brian Brown and Adrian Lizer. The BYU pregame show is next here on the Zone.